Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 56 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. My apologies, folks. This is my first episode in, I think, three weeks here. Um, we had some personal stuff pop up, and um, I had some guests cancel on me, so it put a bad taste in my mouth for a second. So I was like, I'll just step back because I don't want to motherfuck anybody because I, re- I had, I had like, pre-recorded an episode and I could tell within the first 10 minutes I'm like I just sound like a bitter asshole so I was like let me just I'll I'll cool off for a bit um I know that sounds bad but um you know thanks for sticking it out and tuning in here I'll give you kind of the lowdown of what's been going on um I'll give you the cliff notes there but basically I had I have had two guests line up um for the show and then push comes to shove and comes down to the wire here I, I end up getting canceled on so um that's no fun and, you know, I try to reschedule, and it's, it's times that they set up, too, and then I try to reschedule, it's, how's tomorrow sounded, you know, are you good for tomorrow? Oh, yeah, 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 sounds good. Tomorrow, tomorrow rolls around, or the next day, whatever you want to call it, and um, got nothing, nothing, not even a peep from him, so, and I know Darren just had the same thing happen to him, and it's, uh, it's frustrating, to say the least, when it's a show that you like to interview players, and that's kind of the, the main theme around it, and you get that in return, and um, it's just, it, it's frustrating, and you take time out of your day to do everything and um, that's another thing is taking time out is I was in Tampa back and forth for work we were finishing up a job up there and they needed some help so I you know I scheduled everything for my job down here and my job is fine we're just on paint right now and actually I'm not really off today but I went in and it's it's rain on and off so we're not going to paint today so nothing really to do at the job site unfortunately um, but basically I was helping out in Tampa and so I drove back and forth there three times. I went there, which I'll get into. The whole reason I actually went there was for my dad. So I, I don't think I don't know if I've ever said like the background for my work. I'm in construction. I know that. I know I've said that. But I work with my dad. My my dad um, is the the owner of the company, and um, I got put on my first job down here in Fort Myers. So um, it's been a lot of fun running my job actually. Uh, but basically, he got season tickets for the Lightning. He human is. Uh, was it his, it's his friend, but they also, they just invested in a pizza company or something like that, I think. Um, but basically his other friend had season tickets for the longest time. And then didn't, he had six of them up in the same spot. Um, it's up in like the 300 section, but they're actually pretty good seats for the lightning game. Um, it's like front row in the 300s really isn't bad because you're not quite in the nosebleeds, you know? Um, but he got tired of trying to find like six people to go all the time. So he sold two of them and my dad picked up two of them and he asked, you know, do you want to go to opening night? I think my mom was up in uh, North Carolina for her. She might've been in Orlando for work, something like that. Normally those two always go together. Um, and you know, it's more so to spend time with my dad. And so I said, yeah, I'll go. Um, so I drove to Tampa for that and ended up staying up there, um, a couple extra days to go, um, go help out at the job site. We were closed down. It was actually the old job. I, I was, uh, kind of running here and there. Um, it was the DMV that we were doing. We were doing some government buildings, but <coughs> excuse me one sec. I don't have much of a voice um, still from the Everblades game, which I'll get into that too. So there's a lot to cover here. It's, this episode's going to be, I'm going to go over some topics later on, but this is kind of a catch up episode. I let everybody know what's kind of going on. So um, I was, uh, you know, I, I don't like ghosting people or, you know, leaving people in the dark on everything, but um so basically after that, I come down, um, I don't thank you computer for making a beautiful noise. I'm sure that picks up in the, uh, I think it does pick up because it's my voice meter thing. So that's great. Um, but anyways, so I'm driving back down and the next day is, uh, the Everblades last day of training camp. And as you know, um, I, I bought season tickets for the Everblades and I was like, you know what? I'll go. Cause I had the, I took the day off anyways, because, um, I was 
back and forth between Tampa, you know, whatever. Um, so go to the Everblades training camp and I get the call, uh, from my wife that her grandmother passed away. So unfortunately, um, this past weekend, not, not the one that just happened, but the one before, um, we had to, you know, go back to Tampa. So literally as I get done driving to Tampa, the no more than I think 12 hours later, I'm driving right back. So I, I've just been tired and, um, I wanted to spend time with my wife during during this time, so she's uh, she was very close with her grandmother, and it was very unfortunate, very sad. Um, I, I was close with her grandmother as well. Um, I've been fortunate enough to know her for the past five years, and she was always fantastic and such a loving woman, so um, it really is unfortunate, uh, but we know it's it's been, the, the writing was on the wall for a while here. It's just, you know, it still sucks when it happens, so, um, you know, rest in peace to her, and um, you know, she's in, a, I think she's in a better place now. So I think it's, it, it's for the best, but she will definitely be missed by many people. Um, but other than that, I am back down here in Fort Myers and actually went to the first Everblades game, uh, last Saturday. Yeah, it was, it was Saturday. So two days ago. And of course, Kyle Newber, I've been hyping him up all season. He delivers, he fights, uh, Travis Howe three minutes into the game. And it was a pretty, pretty good tilt. It wasn't anything, you know, over the top. I would it's not, the, it's not going to be you know, Ken Tasker or Probert McSorley, but they were that, it was actually a pretty long fight and they, uh, they both dropped the buckets off the draw there and, uh, you know, squared off at center ice. And, um, no, it was a good, it was a good fight and uh, a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun at the game and I brought a coworker and, you know, we, we had a, a great time. He's like, I have had way more fun here than I have at the lightning games. And, uh, cause he's a big, he's a big Tampa sports fan as well, you know? So he always goes to the lightning games, but, um, my my wife had an engagement with her um her it was her best friend she just had, her friend passed the bar exam so they're having like a, a get together at her her mother's house for that so um my wife couldn't go so i brought him and oh we had a great time and i'll tell you what the everblades didn't show up at least uh <laughs> for for the game it looked like they were a little sluggish but from what i understood from the coach uh i i got to overhear the last part right before training camp i was actually going to talk to Cody McDonald who's the new kid that they got, and uh, he was scratched the first game. But Cody McDonald from the Western League, I made a post about him a while ago, if somebody, if people know uh, or might remember it, but he had 41 fights in his uh, junior career out in the WHL, which is, for today's standards, is quite a bit. So um, I'm curious to see how the kid does. I know he had one fight in preseason. Uh, this was before the pre before the preseason happened. We were supposed to go. This was the day before all the preseason stuff um, was the training camp when we found out about my wife's grandmother. So I was gonna. I was literally right as he was off the ice. I was gonna ask him. I took a picture of him just you know to post. Uh, I, I sent it around to I think John from the old hockey fight league because he's John has been help, very helpful with my ECHL tough guy knowledge because of course in today's game I don't know much going on. Um, so he was very helpful with that, and once we once he saw that uh, the the Everblades signed McDonald, he was like, "Oh, you're probably gonna like him. He's a thorn in your side, and um, he just has that that face about him, and it's so true." So um, I was gonna ask him, you know, Cody, you plan on getting any tilts at all this uh, this season? And sure as shit, I think it was. I don't know if it was the first preseason game or the second one out there. He's fighting some dude who's six nine two fifty. Like Jesus Christ, this kid just dumped straight into the deep end for his first ever pro fight. So. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, did he win the fight at all? No, but I, 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 it's going to be hard to fight a guy who's six nine two fifty for your first rip in the uh, the East Coast League. Not to mention it was behind the net too, so there wasn't much room to even skate around. So 
Um, no, I'm curious to see how he does, and I'm excited for that. And like I said, Kyle Newber dropped the gloves off the rip there, and a lot of hits were finished, and it was a, it was a, a solid rivalry game. I'm curious to see how this next series with Norfolk is going to be. Um, from what I've heard, the kid who's impressed me a lot, crazy, I think he's like 23 years old, is Nico Blackman, and he has come out of like college. He played a little bit in the QMJHL, so the uh, you know the Quebec Major Junior, and kid goddamn fought four times in preseason um and is completely like all about the the post fight antics i know some people don't like it but you know hyping up the crowd getting them into it and i mean it, what more can you ask for in a minor pro game right so um i i, I believe he's getting the start he, he was scratched in the first game but i believe he's starting this game from what i understand um and i want to give a quick shout out to a, a couple people who have really helped me out um as like, you know, transitioning into the Everblades hockey here and getting to know everything and, you know, the ins and outs of the arena. Um, and that's, of course, Tommy, Tommy LaFleur, Brian. Uh, I'll try to, I, I believe your last name is Marge. Um, that's how I'll pronounce it. And then Adam on uh, Twitter there. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, Tommy, it was nice to meet you and uh, see you at the tailgate. And we got a, had a couple drinks throughout the game. And then Brian, I ran into you in the concourse and it was cool seeing you as well. Um, and then Adam, of course, took the the five for fighting the uh, sighting picture of me out in the, in the stands, and um, <laughs> was I think Darren said go throw something at him. <laughs> he said he's he's tall and scary. Um, so no, it's it's great to see oh, Adam. I didn't get to meet you, but you know, interacting on Twitter has been a lot of fun. Um, so the the Everblades fan family has really embraced me coming down here as a new guy and. Um, Tommy and Brian have definitely filled me in with the tough guys and they'll fill me in with the knowledge and, um, you know, for the team. And, uh, you know, that's how I got the info that Blackman may be starting this, uh, this Wednesday was Tommy had sent me a message saying that it's, that's the word he got from the coach. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm really curious to see how, how Blackman does. I, I, I love that he fought four times in the preseason, but the only catch with the ECHL, of course, and I've gone over this in past episodes, is they do have that that pesky 10-fight limit, which is ridiculous. I, th I If I remember right, um, I don't think I even had the podcast yet when they implemented it, or it was when the podcast was brand new, but I remember Darren um, doing a dive into it. And I want to say when they implemented the 10-fight rule, there was, I think, maybe six guys in the entire league that had over 10 fights anyway. So it's like, why even implement it? It's already, it's, it's already at a low. So, um, yeah, well, I, I know old Blackman there is going to have to slow down if he wants to uh, not get suspended because that's how the league goes in today's wonderful world of hockey, unfortunately. Um, so we will see what happens. I know Anthony Collins is on the Norfolk Admirals, and he actually just – um, just had, he sat a dude down from Reading, uh, probably one of the meanest uppercuts off the, off the rip and the dude drops and then he tries to get back up. And I mean, Collins just overwhelms him and then you could tell the dude, he went straight to the locker room. I'm pretty sure the first shot Collins broke his, uh, broke his face and some, some, whether it's his nose or his orbital bone or something, but oof, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure Nico's going to be more than willing and, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. So. I'm very excited about the Everblades, though, and I told I told a couple people when they were asking me, you know, oh, I thought you didn't like too much of the hockey. I was like, yeah, but with with the Everblades, you can't really be mad. I I've spent less than or I spent like just at a thousand bucks for two season tickets for 24 games, to whereas the Lightning games you go there, and one the 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 on ice product is fucking terrible, and two you spend an arm and a leg just for one game tickets where you. For a pair, you're spending a minimum of a hundred bucks, so it's like you know that gets you what ten games maybe if you're lucky. 
So I was like, I can't. Just just for a year, if we stayed here again, would I get season tickets again? Maybe. I don't know. But right now, the plan is we're going to be moving to North Carolina next year. Um, If everything goes as planned with uh, the wife's company. So we uh, we went all out for season tickets just this one year. Uh, We probably got the full season planned, but December is going to be a very busy month for me. I'm I'm not sure how much of the podcast I'm going to get out. I'll be, I got a hunting trip where we, we got our, our big marriage ceremony that we've been holding off for like three uh, to two years now because of COVID. So, um, and then right after that, we go right up to Iowa to, um, go meet my, uh, my family for the holidays. And I might go see that asshole Jay out there. Um, who knows him and his endless whiskey collection. I'll probably just, he's probably gonna end up just getting me shit housed. So, um, <laughs> that'll be a good time. I'm sure the, uh, the hockey fight tapes will come out and I'm, I'm making them, I expect fine dining service. Of course, how fine dining can you get with a guy like that? Um, but I, I'd at least like a nice medium rare steak and a nice, nice tall glass of whiskey to go with it. And if he's feeling frisky, we'll get some hockey fight tapes going. Um, so no, I'm looking forward to seeing Jay again. Jay is an awesome dude in all seriousness. Um, and, uh, hopefully I think we are going to see Corey as well. Corey again, uh, another dude I met up there with through Jay and I've talked with Corey back and forth, especially when the Danbury jerseys were, uh, I think they're still a kind of a hot commodity, but they slowed down a bit since the, uh, the documentary came out. But, um, well, before we get going further here, uh, I'd like to give a quick shout out to, of course, fourth line voice, Darren over there, uh, who with the original enforcer podcast, um, you know, he, I, who do you just have on? I can't remember who he's had on. Fuck me. Um, I, I've been I've been so slow. I've been behind by like two and a half weeks on all podcast forums, unfortunately, because like I said, we had a lot going on with everything. So, um, but Darren does a great job. Look at his back catalog: John Morassi, Steve McIntyre, um, Joey Tedarenko, Dave Dan Kopech. It, I mean, the list goes on. You could literally throw a dart and hit a name from you know, and you'll probably know someone. Uh, and same goes for the other guy, Joe Lazito, over at the Coliseum Chronicle, the penalty box. Uh, as you can tell by the name, he does strictly Islanders enforcers. It's funny. <laughs> I think of, you know, like stepbrothers. We do strictly 80s Joel music, pal. Strictly Islanders enforcers. Um, but no, so anybody who is in like the Islander system, whether it's, uh, you know, the ECHL or AHL or even the IHL back in the day, Joe got him covered and he does a very extensive job. He had like a five part saga with Trevor Gillies. Um, he's had plenty of other guys on Mike McWilliam, Kerry Clark. Um, so Joe does a fantastic job. He's got a great back catalog. I know we just had another guy on, but I apologize to both there to Joe for not, not knowing my, uh, my ins and outs of their podcast right now, because like I said, I've been behind. So, um, it is what it is, but basically what I'll be covering today, I covered a little bit of the Everblade stuff off the rip there, so I think I, I, I got enough enough out of my system for the Everblades, but we will be covering uh, the crazy controversial career of Rob Ray, um, oof, I, another former guest of the show, um, which why it's so controversial, I, have, I, I just, I never understand it, people, it's like fight fans are the biggest haters of other fights, I just don't get it, um, or even fighters. And we just signed, you know, I'll talk to I'll talk into it now as well is another post that was on the Enforcer Appreciation Group and some guy in not a bad opinion. I really don't I, I, I don't think it's all that crazy um, basically said um, in a best of 10. I there's a potential that George LaRock could beat like a prime George LaRock could beat Bob Probert, which I mean, is it really that far out there? No. Do I think it would happen also? No, um, I would probably have Probert win in seven out of the 10. But is it really that far-fetched? I don't think so. I, the way some people comment on it is just fucking nutty, so we'll get into that. 
Um, and then the last part I'll cover is uh, the awful, awful game of the Lightning and Penguins that I attended with my father. Like I said, it was it wasn't that bad. I think you know what we'll hop into that first. So. Um, you know, do I really want to go to that game? No, because the Lightning, every game I've gone to the past like two years has just been so rough. It's so rough to watch. Um, and this was no different. <laughs> it really wasn't. I was more so go. I go there to spend time with my dad. So you moving down here. Um, and my dad has, well, my dad is technically my stepdad, but he's been in my life since I was 10. And I never had a father growing up until that point. So he's my dad. And um, unfortunately, his biological kids don't even spend that much time with him. And um I'm closer with him than any any of his actual kids are, so um, which I he considers me his actual kid too. But you get what I'm trying to say here. So I, of course I said yes, I'll go spend time with him, and that's what it was more so about. But even then, man, we went to the game, and it was uh, one. It was a blowout by the Penguins, but holy shit, you just you see um, you see what goes on, and there's like zero pushback in the game. It was so brutal. Not like the, I, I kid you not. When when I say there wasn't a scrum all game, there wasn't even an after like no after whistle, Tom fuckery, no shenanigans going on, nothing. There was absolutely nothing. The arena was so fucking quiet. It was one of the worst hockey games I've ever been to, and I'm I I, I don't mean that as an exaggeration. It really genuinely was. Watching it was just terrible. One, the Lightning were they just weren't playing well at all they they played like shit it looked like they were still hung over from their stanley cup run one sec here um sorry i think i got a little bit of allergies too so my my voice and my my nasalness might be fucking sounding terrible so i apologize but yeah so the game itself was just fucking terrible and i don't know what it is i don't mean to sound bitter like a you know these people can't be fans of the lightning and blah 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 but it just seems like the fan base of the lightning is so I don't like Gen Z-ish, and I get it because I, t- I technically am a Gen Z person, I think. Either that or I'm a millennial. I, I'm, I'm like right at the line for Gen Z or the millennial line where it's like I think millennials are 95 and before, and I think Gen Z is 96 and after, and I was born in 96. So whichever one, I, I think that's how it goes. But either way, man, it's like you can tell these people have not gone to a hockey game uh they're like they you know they started going maybe like two or three years ago um and of course also you know i got these fucking assholes behind me and we all have been to every hockey game hold on let me get away from the mic here shoot shoot it shoot oh my fucking god i was like of course of course those are the people that i have behind me um, and I was like, well, which was funny too. And you could tell they were fucking snowbirds. I bet Lazito fucking planted them down there. Cause they had really thick New York accents, which I don't mind, but you could, I was like, I was, it was just kind of comical to me here in New York accents as lightning fans. Um, but it's either like the really like early millennial kids who are going to the games now, or just like the, the middle aged people who are just becoming fans and oh just go bolts you know and I was discussing this with a buddy and it's funny and he said the same thing and he's like I don't mean like I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper or anything or say you can't like it but it's just like that's the entire fan base now it seems like there's very few or far in between like dedicated fans who have been there for years and I I noticed it a lot looking around at uh as weird as it sounds as like jerseys I remember back in the day you used to see a lot more older jerseys and um like you'd see like to see like you know a uh uh what's his name, a Darren Poopa, Dino Cicerelli, um, hell, even like Darcy Tucker, 
Roman Hammer. Like you'd see a lot of jerseys like that back in the day around, and that was even after their time there. And now it's like, man, all of it is just Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, and Hedman. They're the only jerseys you see, and it's weird. Like you don't even—I I hardly even see like any Marty St. Louis and uh, Vinny LeCavalier jerseys, and those fuckers are their numbers are retired. So this is like the fan base that goes there now, and you can tell it would be the same people who just called Tom Wilson a goon and whatever. And you know, speaking you know, speaking of that, the, the lovely suspension that happened from uh, who was it, Dylan Larkin on the the Red Wings on Matthew Joseph. It wasn't from the same game, but it was the uh, the Detroit and Lightning game that happened. I think it was the following game, and. Basically, Joseph had a question, you know, kind of drove his head into the boards a little bit there. Larkin was shaken up for a sec, got up and then threw a quick shot at Joseph. And it was just a quick glove punch. Nothing crazy. Excuse me. And people were just all over it. It was just fucking insane. Um, You'd swear that this dude just blindsided him out of nowhere. And uh, Joseph had no clue it was coming. Well, one, if you put a guy's head into the board, you should automatically assume something is going to happen. So the onus is on Joseph there, too. The people comparing it to Todd Bertuzzi, and yes, that is a fight. For whatever reason, anytime a gloved punch happens, whether it's, you know, even if it's face-to-face, somehow it always gets compared to Todd Bertuzzi, and I have no fucking clue why. Which, by the way, also wasn't a sucker punch. If you ever look at it, he's telling Steve Moore he's going to do it. I know Darren has talked about it, and I, I would love for it. That's a good myth versus reality show for Darren. I want to say, I, I think he's going to do it down the line. But to uh, was it really actually a sucker punch? Because a sucker punch to me is when you have no clue that it's coming. But if a guy is sitting there telling you it's coming, or if you did something to warrant that that punch, you should know it's coming. It's not a sucker punch. Like if you drive a guy's head into the boards, you should you got to know something's coming. So he has no clue it's coming. Um, is is just it's it's outlandish to say it was not a sucker punch. Uh, so. And it was funny. I talked to a buddy, and here's here's the hypocrisy. I see it. And Kyle, I love you, bud. But it is, it's what's funny to me is like you know he's he's like yeah I didn't like the fighter or I didn't like the punch or whatever. He's like but part of me says like you know if it was Joseph that did it I'd be like fuck yeah. And right then of course he knew he's like and I know that sounds like a fuck it like like stupid. Um, so yeah, it's, that's just it too. It's it's a lot of a lot of people like to play they play favoritist. It's if it's not their their team doing it, then they hate it. But if it's their team doing it, then everything it's it's perfectly okay, it's perfectly clean or whatever. And always you always get the people who have to chime in. Well, as a Bruins fan, I don't give a fuck if you're a Bruins fan. Just be a ho- like, nobody can just be a hockey fan before anything. Like, technically, yes, I'm a Lightning fan. Do I think Joseph had that coming? Absolutely, I don't give a shit. I think it was fine. It was a glove punch, no harm, no foul. Um. So it's everybody just there there cannot be any like non-biased opinions. Everybody just has to look at it because this team is my favorite. So I think it was cheap and, uh, you know, Joseph deserves 800 games for it. And oh, because Larkin punched Joseph and I'm a lightning fan. Larkin should have gotten 600 games for it. It's like, oh, God, like, why can't we just look at plays like hockey plays instead of through fan goggles? I just I never understand that. Um so that was I, I that was funny to see cover or oh excuse me I wanted to cover that because it was just kind of funny to see uh, the reactions all over hockey Twitter of course the season it's season you could tell the season's in full swing because hockey Twitter's just in fucking shambles now again um, one sec here sorry I'm taking a lot of sips of water it probably sounds like I'm sipping out of a fucking sippy cup over here I got my I had leftover water from beer league last night in my Gatorade bottle so I was like oh, that'll that'll be fine. Um, so 
yeah, it's just it, it's like the the hypocrisy is just always funny to me. Um, but we'll get into this George LaRock and Bob Probert thing next. You know, I don't want to make this episode too too long. It's just I, I, I don't want to say a filler episode, but it's just an episode that I you know I need to get out because I've been I've been lacking and um, I was gonna go live in the Enforcer Appreciation Group this weekend, but it was kind of the first weekend where we didn't have to do anything. Um, and you know, we did last weekend was the funeral or actually the funeral was Monday and Tuesday. So we didn't really didn't even get back here until Wednesday. Um, so it was just kind of the first weekend with me and my wife to ourselves. And I figured it'd be best to just kind of spend it together and, um, maybe not worry about the hockey podcast so much as it's always going to be there. So, um, but yeah, so the George LaRock, Bob Probert post really stirred up uh stirred up some the hornet's nest in the group and it's funny it's and i know darren said it fight fans can never just like be oh yeah i think so and so would win it's there's always the needless exaggeration which i think exaggeration is funny sometimes but when it's like unwarranted and it's just like you know oh probert would have fucking destroyed laroc he wouldn't stand a chance like oh okay like how many fights did you ever really see LaRock lose for one? And same with Probert. Probert didn't lose many, and Probert was very good at coming back after losing a fight. Um, there were a couple that he never avenged, like Chris Tamer, Dave Morissette, fights like that. Um, but, I mean, to sit there and say that Probert would just flat out, you know, you, you'd be picking George up by a spatula off the ice, it's just, it's just not fucking true. Um out of 10 rounds, like I said, I would probably have Probert win in six or seven out of the 10 and George win in the other ones. But to say that they're not in the same league is just, or like, like what Darren said, the like same ballpark area for fighting is just ridiculous. A prime George LaRock was fucking tough. And um, where I think Probert gets the advantage in this fight is one, as the fight goes on, Probert gets better. And I think George LaRock would be okay in a marathon fight. He's a very in-shape dude, but I think... Uh, LaRock just doesn't quite have the killer instinct quite as much as Probert because George was a nice guy, as we know. But we, you can tell when George got mad, he was a he was like one of the scariest fucking fighters. So, I mean, there's that. But I just think, you know, Probert's got a little bit of the edge on it. But nobody can just come out and say that. They can't just say, oh, well, here's the here's my reasoning why I think, uh, you know, Bob Probert would win against George LaRock. No, people have to go, are you fucking smoking crack? Oh, my God, you must be higher than a giraffe's ass over there. It's whatever they're saying. Um, like I just, I never understand why there can never just be a friendly debate and it doesn't matter what fight group you're in. At one point in the enforced appreciation group, it was a lot of fun and you could do it, but now it's grown and we fed the gremlin after midnight. So we're, I've deleted so many people just from this post. So I'm almost happy it happens. Um, I like, it sounds bad, but I get happy. Some of these posts happen and it stirs up controversy because you get to see who the fucking idiots are and I'll just remove them immediately. Like I, I've probably removed like, like 15 people just from this post alone. Um, and it's just, it, and it's not that like you can't have an opinion and say, oh, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, the rock would win or whatever. You, like you could say that that's fine, but just the idiots one, you got to attack the poster. And when it was just a simple opinion, like, oh, okay. In my opinion, I think the rock would win, which is fair. I mean, I don't really, it could happen for all we know. We'll never know. Right. So who knows it could happen, but to sit there and attack them for making the post and then just making shit comments. And, and of course you have the usual suspects with, well, Probert was high on cocaine. Like, Oh, shut up. Just like, and the side so they're removed immediately. I don't give a fuck. Um, and what's funny is a lot of the, a lot of the people who make these fucking, these comments and 
things like that are the ones who barely comment at all, but this is the one post they've commented on in the past four months. And so I'm like, you don't even contribute anything to the group anyway, but you want to say this dumb shit, so you're getting booted. Um, so, yeah, I do I think LaRock would win against Probert, as I've said before? No, um, but it's not outlandish to think so. I, I don't get why people think that Probert was just absolutely King Kong and it could put anybody up against him. Um, while Probert is the best fighter, I, I think everybody in the hockey fight community could probably agree on that. You know, Probert did lose. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, impossible to beat Probert and we've seen it a couple times. And even with guys like, you know, Chris Tamer, uh, no, that's no knock on Tamer, but you know, who is he compared to like Bob Probert, George LaRock, you want to talk about not being in the same ballpark? Well, that's one. And look what happened with that. So anything could happen. It's a hockey fight. There's so many different variables that go into it. And I think it was Mike Segroy that said it too. And you had these guys like George LaRock who were like, this was their, they were specialized. It was like this, this was like almost a nuclear warfare type of enforcer when they, when this rolled around in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I mean, George Rock came out and said like, he is one of the strongest grips. Probably he, when he came out and I forget what show he was on, it might've been spit and shake or it may have even been Williams uh, from the biscuit way back when, Fuck, this, this dude would do fucking pull-ups hanging from a towel. So he wouldn't even be gripping a pull-up bar. He would have a towel hanging off of it, and he would do his pull-ups that way to strengthen his grip. Like, that's insane. Um, so I can only imagine how, how strong George LaRock himself actually was in his prime. Um, so, again, to say he would beat Probert uh, in 10 rounds isn't that crazy, honestly. And I'm sorry if people don't like it. I know Probert may be your favoritist. But, again, take the Probert goggles – or, excuse me, take the Probert goggles off – and look at it as a fight fan's perspective for just one second. It's like, you know, I'm a Chris Nyland fan. Do I think Chris Nyland's taking Bob Probert in 10 rounds? No, not happening. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like people just can't get over the, the favoritist thing. And it goes back to even teams. So it's almost, it's like, you know, in ho- in the hockey world, the diehard fans are the worst. The diehard team fans where, you know, I bleed Toronto Maple Leaf Blue. Those are the worst, right? And then you get the same guys over there in the fight world. Ugh. You know, oh, my favorite is just Bob Probert. He could do no wrong, and he would win everything. And oh, okay. So, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I just sound bitter. And you know, it's just you got to deal with seeing all this idiocy sometimes on the internet. It's just like, oh, you, I don't know why I'm on social media sometimes, but um, it is what it is. But yeah, I, I mean, if anybody's listening, you know, give me your thoughts on that. What do you think? If you, you think Probert's taking uh, taking George the Rock in a best of ten? And, you know, if, if even if you do think Bob Probert's winning it, which, uh, you know, obviously I, I I shared you my opinion. I think so as well. But how many rounds do you think Probert takes out of LaRock in a best of 10 series? I, I'm thinking anywhere between six and seven. I don't think it's going to be this, you know, he's taking eight or nine rounds and LaRock wins one. I think it'll be a little bit closer than people think. So that's my opinion on that. Um, and the last part of the show here we'll get to is the career of Rob Ray. And I see it all the time and I forget what, what made me post this or what made me think of it. Um, what was it? Oh, so I have a Rob Ray video a while back um, posted on the five for fighting podcast. Like I, I would say official, um, but you know, like the actual Facebook page, not the, not in the group, the actual Facebook uh, page for the, uh, the podcast. And it was a Rob Ray video. And of course it's just the people who come out and just Rob Ray was only good with his Jersey off and he was never a legit fighter and blah, blah, blah. And Oh God. One, you provide them with video footage and they just deny it. You give them video footage of Rob Ray legit knocking dudes out, TKOing them, 
and it's literally it's a it's a it's a video on YouTube. You can look it up, and I think I've covered this before. Um, but you can look it up. Just look up Rob Ray KOs, and it's a compilation. I think it's like six minutes long. Let me I'll pull it up on my phone here. It's like six minutes long, and it's all of Rob Ray's career. Yeah, so here it is. It's six minutes long, and it's like literally the first video you look up as soon as, or that'll pop up as soon as you look up Rob Ray TKOs or even just Rob Ray KO, and it literally goes through his entire career, and I think it even misses, it misses two of them. It misses one that he had on LaRue, and the other one I think he had on, was it Fleming? I can't remember off the top of my head, but you look at it, and it's funny. More of his fucking knockouts come from when his jersey was on, so funny how that works. Um but this this myth that Rob Ray just wasn't a good fighter, I don't. And I, you know, I talked to Darren about this too, because me and Darren we bullshit back and forth pretty much every day about various topics and gripes, and uh, you know, a couple grumpy old folk. But I, as a fight fan, how the fuck can you not like Rob Ray? He was entertaining as shit, played up to the crowd afterwards, and to, I mean, he was stood in the pocket and threw. Man, he, there wasn't really much defense with him. He had that really good one with McSorley um, that was like it took forever. It was a marathon fight. Um, but this whole, this whole myth that he cheated, oh, the Jersey coming off was just cheating. Oh, and then you look at the same person and then they make the comments, go Probert, go. Oh, okay. Well, so when Probert did it, it was fine. And Probert's Jersey even came off in Chicago too. So how can you say that? And you look at all these guys back in the day, uh, with the jerseys before the tie down rule, which actually I thought it was 94, 95, but Darren, I'd asked him about it before doing this episode. It was actually 96, 97. I think he said it came in. Um, which is a lot later than I thought it was. So anyways, it's like, yeah, I, I don't get why you think it's cheating when everybody else could have done it. There was no rule against it. Nothing said another guy couldn't take their jersey off. And Probert's jersey came off a lot. I'm sorry if you're a Probert fan again. It's just Probert can do no wrong in the fight world for some reason. I just, I, I never understood it. Um, and I'm a huge Probert fan. I did a special on him. Uh, I had his wife on as well. It's just this this myth that some fighters can do no wrong, but Rob Ray gets a bad rap because his sweater came off. Okay, well, what was stopping the other players from doing it? Nothing. In fact, other players can still do jersey customizations. Uh, if you're if you're really big into the like the fight world, you'll know that jersey customizations have gone on for years. Double tie downs, Velcro sleeves. Although that got banned by the NHL really quick after. I know McCray had it and Cordic had it when Cordic was at the Leafs and McCray had it when he was on the North Stars. Um, that got banned. If you ever listened to the the Dave Brown and who was a Tim Hunter mic'd up video and you hear Tim Hunter, how about you get that sleeve a little tighter around your arm, you pussy? That's because Dave Brown had a very, very tight left sleeve, so you almost couldn't grab onto his arm. You couldn't control it. So when he gets that left going, you can keep doing it. And... If the league approves of it, it's not cheating. And the league has to, when you do a customization to a jersey, I don't think people realize you have to get approval from the league to do it. So he got approval by that. I know McSorley also did spandex style sleeves um, where it was tighter to his arm so he couldn't grab on. Um, and of course, you know, McSorley had the the Jofa that was just glued on. And you look at any fight, I swear that thing never came off. Um, but fighters have been doing anything for an advantage. So this myth that Rob Ray and his sweater coming off is just somehow cheating is I'm sorry it's not until there was a rule for it then it becomes cheating but if it if there was no rule for it it's fair game so and the I'll, I'll be in you know other another controversial statement here I I think Rob Ray is one of the best pun uh like Bauer excuse me power punchers Jesus Christ can't talk uh is one of the best power punchers in the NHL if you look at that TKO and um KO video I mean 
there's a lot of people he dropped in there and some some bigger names too, like Dennis Bonvi, Fedoric when Fedoric was in the league early, drop Barnaby, uh, Pat Cote, Jim Kite, and I arguably, honestly, and this is gonna ruffle some feathers because I know everybody loves Joey Kosher. That you know what? That's what it was. That was the post I made. I said, if you look at it, Rob Ray is in contention for one of the best power punches in the NHL, even over Kosher. And people laugh and oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Who is who is Joe Kosher KO'd compared to um, Rob Ray? And you look at it, and the one thing that always holds Kosher back, and I've said it, Darren has said it, Steve from when ProbertWasKing.com has said it, Kosher's fight card is very suspect in his in his playing days. It's not a knock on Joey because you know he played with Probert, so he was the measuring stick, and everybody tried to challenge Probert before Kosher probably. And that's not saying Kosher didn't have a mean right hand either. Obviously, we saw it; he could knock people out. Um, but his fight card is very lacking as far as bigger names go. Uh, I think Rob Ray had a better fight card and his, the people he KO'd were of better pedigree. Uh, you know, you got Joe Kosher and who's he KO'd? You got Jim Kite and Rob Ray has him as well. So, you know, there you go. Score one for Ray. The other guy, Mike Eagles, you know, of Winnipeg, um, for Kosher. Yeah. Let's see. You got, you did get a good one on Jim Playfair. Um, and I mean, Link Gates was still standing after it. He got Jeff Jackson, um, Semenko TKO. I'm looking. I'm starting to look up fights here, um, off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of who else. I know there's another one. He had maybe. It, let me look up fucking TKO. And I will say, in the three the three fights that they had with um, between Ray and Koser, I do think Koser takes the 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 fights. Um, you know, in terms of rounds and uh, punches landed, but. I don't think Ray got dummied by any means. Oh, yeah, Jay Caulfield. There we go. There's one. Craig Cox, TKO, Joe Kosher. Kosher gets Gary Nyland. Um, Bo- <laughs> Bovine. Um, yeah, Jerry DuPont. So it's like, it's no knock on these guys, but it's I, I just think Rob Ray's TKO record is just a little bit better than what Kosher's was. Um, and. Does Kosher have a harder right hand? Maybe, but I think Rob Ray has some of the most, if not the most, TKO, KO, you know, record in, in the NHL. So this illusion that, and a lot of them, again, if you look at the video, are him with a jersey on. So this illusion that he was only good with his jersey off is nonsense. Um, and also the fact that it was cheating is nonsense. And any player could do it. And even afterwards, after it was funny. Cause afterwards, if you're in the, if you're in the, like the Jersey collection hobby, like myself, um, you'll know it post tie down rule. Um, Rob Ray actually put like buckles into his Jersey. So his Jersey couldn't come off like at all. He would wear a bigger Jersey so he can get maybe his right arm free out of it. But the Jersey hardly came off. Um, so I, I just, it's hard for me to say that Rob Ray isn't one of the best power punches in the NHL saying that he can, he, like, look at all these these names that he TKO'd, man. It was just, uh, it goes on. So, I don't know. And, yeah, he landed a really good one on, on Dave Brown. He landed a left hand on Dave Brown, if I remember. If it was either left or right, obviously. Um, but I, I want to say it was a left hand on Dave Brown at the very end of the fight. And you could hear about that fight, one, in the Rob Ray interview that I have. And, two, I have that clip on YouTube with with the, the interview dubbed over the clip. So, you could see he lands a really good one on Dave Brown at the end. I can't remember if it was a left or a right. Um, but like I said, I want to say it was actually a left. So either way to sit there and say that, you know, Rob Ray is a terrible fighter. I just, I don't understand how people cannot like him. And this whole cheating myth is, 
is just nonsense. Everybody thinks that the everybody wants to abide by the code and blah blah blah. And I'm so tired of hearing about the fucking code now. So, anyways, guys, I'll leave it at that. Um, that's my 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 TED talk for today. But no, I appreciate those sticking it out with me, and um, you know those who reached out to me after I broke the news about my wife's grandmother. Um, and you know, gave condolences to myself and her. I, I do appreciate it. Um, I had numerous people reach out, so thank you. I really do appreciate it. It was a tough time for us at the uh, this past weekend. So, um, anyways, I'm glad to be back. I plan on hopefully getting. I have a player lined up. The the last two that I had lined up and bailed on me. I'm probably not going to ask them again because they just kind of ghosted me. Um, so, fucking way she goes. Sometimes she goes. Sometimes sometimes she doesn't. Right. In the wise words of Ray, the guy in the chair. So um, I do have a player lined up that we spoke a couple weeks ago. And dude was super pumped to come on and loves every second of the show. Um, and dude was tough as nails and f- fought a lot in the UHL. So I think it'll be a, a, definitely a good interview. Um, the only the only catch is our time difference. He's on the West Coast. I'm on the Far East Coast. So um, just lining that up will be a little bit tricky, I think. But we'll see. Um, I'm hoping to maybe do it this Saturday. If I can, I would, I would prefer to do it on a weekend so I can get it live in the Enforcer Appreciation Group. And um, it would be like a Saturday morning, possibly. Um, so we'll get coffee going bright and early. Maybe pour yourself an Irish coffee for all we know. Who cares? It's Saturday, right? So anyways, I won't say the name until I, I get him on the show. Obviously, I never like to do that. Um, but if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can go ahead and check it out. It's uh, at five, the number five, and then four fighting pod on Twitter. Um, I post on there daily. Instagram, it's at just five for fighting podcast. Excuse me, spelled out regularly. Facebook, five for fighting podcast. Uh, search it. It's a page. Give it a like and a follow. You'll be up to date on everything. And of course, you can join the Enforcer Appreciation Group. But as you can tell with our criteria, don't be a fucking goof. That's basically the one rule we have is just <laughs> like, don't be a fucking goof. Um, Anyways, guys, thanks for sticking it out. I appreciate it, and like I said, I appreciate all the kind words that were that were sent my my way along with the wife's. So, um, thank you for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Sorry it was a little bit shorter, but just wanted to give everybody a, a filling of what was going on. But, anyways, I will be back next week, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope to see you guys for the live episode I have with the player, or I might do a live episode again, uh, just solo. Uh, we'll see if if I can't line up a time. So, uh, take her easy, guys. Thank you.